First of all, Martin and Anna, can you guys stand up? I, I know you. Let's just honor them. I, I, I really want, we believe, we give honor where honor is due. It's a privilege to have you guys. When we started with 12 people, which who was part of that original 12? Just raise your hand quickly. Clint is the only one in the room. And Stalin and I. And there will be more people at the 11 a.m. But when we started with just a handful of people, I would, I would go into my room and I would dream. And I would write stuff down and I would say, Jesus, if you could do this, you are incredible. And when God says that he does above and beyond what we can ask or imagine, this is it. And if I think what God's done in seven years, what's he going to do in the next seven what has is, what is he started with, if you look at how kids grow, I think seven years old in South Africa at least, that's when you go to grade one, am I right? Six, seven years old. We kind of, we're, we're, in, we're in primary school at the moment as a church. And what an incredible privilege to have our friends come out and lead worship, to honor Jesus, to see lives saved, to see people set on fire for him. And um, so I've got a few points and again, it's really, it's going to be from my heart because I can come and do a little rah-rah talk, but there's, there's moments for that. But I just, I'm so grateful to Jesus. I, there's a, David writes and he says, who am I and what is my family that you've brought me this far? So David, this rejected guy who was called, if you look at the original language, the runt of the litter. And there's, there's hints towards that, he was born in an indifferent way, and God takes him and raises him up to be the greatest king that the world has seen in line with Jesus, the greatest king. And I, I just think, who am I? Who are, who are we at the end of the day if it wasn't for Jesus? And Martin wrote a great song. I won't even try to sing it, but what would I have done if it wasn't for Jesus? And I remember in my, in my, just in, uh, in quiet times, just putting that song on and just saying, what would I have done without Jesus? Where would I be? Where would you be? And I feel like God is he's almost re-inviting us to something new in the seven years. There's been the seven years of completion, and God's calling us into greater things. I want to read this verse out of Ephesians, out of the Passion Translation. This is a word for us. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. Never doubt it. If you're feeling like God is far away, and you're feeling like we even sometimes sing that song today, we sing, you're never going to let me down. You feel like, and even Martin said, it feels like it is a little bit like, God, where are you in this moment? He's going to accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. Isn't it amazing to be a Christian? Isn't it amazing to be a follower of Jesus where we get taken out of darkness into light and he doesn't just leave us there and give us a ticket to heaven. He actually takes us and he's like, start asking big things of me because I want to do it. And I believe God is waiting for us as a people to ask him big things. So today I'm asking him four big things. He says, he will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Though, though we, so now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ, and that will be manifest through time and eternity. 
And I said this probably early on in starting the church plan. I said, God, I want to be, I want to be, city lights be written in the history books. Not one person, us as a community that we did not back down. We did not um, uh, hold back in, in giving our all to God because we want to see the city changed and this region changed. And there's incredible scriptures about as we lift up Jesus, he, he enthrones us. He builds his throne above us. So my first point, what I want to see in the next seven years is a deep, is adoration. I think we've got it up there. Jesus answered him and says, to love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. This is the great and supreme commandment. And the second is like uh, is like it in importance. You must love your friend or neighbor the same way you love yourself. Contained within these commandments to love you will find all the meaning of the law and the prophets. And I can say you'll find the meaning of life in this. Some of us who've in this room who've walked a long road with Jesus is that he leads us into life and into goodness. And I've been to many conferences over the years, as I'm sure some of you in this room have. And you can go to a conference for everything. How to grow your church, how to be a better husband, how to, I've even seen some like how to be a good looking pastor. Um, it's, I don't know what it was called that. I clearly don't need to go to that because God has, has blessed me in, in certain ways. Um, but you can go and learn anything at a conference. And I feel like there's so much conferences about stuff. But I, I just want to come back to the simple thing. What are we going to be known for in seven years time? I want to be known that we are lovers of Jesus. No matter the size if God changes what this looks like and, and we get spread across the city and we multiply, whatever it looks like, let us be known as lovers of Jesus first, not slick church. Lovers of Jesus and loving people. I was in the mall the other day and uh, I was just, I, I, I like to people watch and I was looking around and just struck by how much God loves people. Like, and if you take a moment to get out of your own world and your own focus, and, and what you've been giving your life to, and say, Jesus, what are you calling me to do? And it's always about others. And I, I, can, I can guarantee this, as we, as a church, learn how to adore him, and I, I love that we, uh, that we start with worship, and, and in the second meeting, we're going to go for a bit longer, so we get to worship Jesus. And I think as we see him, our hearts are changed, and we're able to go out into this world that so desperately needs him. So it's going to start with adoration. Who's our friend or who is our neighbor? It's the person sitting next to you, so you can look at them. You're called to love them. But it's also your neighbor who lives next door to you of a different faith. It's also, it's also your enemy, those who don't like you. Um, that's, that, has, that is how the kingdom advances. It, the kingdom advances as we look and gaze upon Jesus in adoration and our hearts set on him. And we start to look to others and love them the same way Jesus would love them. And that would clearly lead to salvation. There's an amazing verse in Isaiah 45, verse 8. It says, You heavens above rain down righteousness. Let the clouds shower it down. Let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. Let righteousness flourish within it. I, the Lord, have created this. And I feel like part of, as we move from adoration to salvation, is, is that if we learn to worship him, there's, there's this atmosphere that starts to change in the city. And I don't know if, if you guys were here last, last year, we had a, a worship night with Martin and his band, and the next day we had a worship conference, and God came to, into this room. I, like, I know God's with us all the time, okay? So those of you theologically, I know he's with us. 
And he never leaves us nor forsakes us. But there's moments when he manifests himself. And for me, there was a moment, and I'd say, God, would you bring more of those moments? Where it's like the mist this morning. I went to go pick up Martin this morning, and then there was just this mist hanging over Dubai, and it's like heaven and earth are close. And it's closer than we imagine, closer than we think. And as that starts to happen, as the heavens above rain down, salvation rises up. Can we trust God in the next seven years? And I'm going to say this in faith and in boldness, that we're going to trust for thousands of salvations. Because what is the point? Spurgeon says you only, you only take one thing to heaven and it's souls. And I, I'm like, God, I want, I want us as a church to realize that it's amazing being a community and being a family and being all of that. But it's about those who don't know Jesus. And God, would you break our hearts? Again, would you just come and just take us out of the monotony of, of life, of Western life, of Dubai life? And linked with salvation is a word called innovation, which I've got you somewhere. I believe that what God wants to do in, in the next seven years is our church to be more innovative. Owen McManus, he's got a great quote. He says, the reality is that if you're trying to accomplish something meaningful, you're not, gonna be, uh, you're not really being pressed. So I'm going to read that again. The reality is that if you're not trying to accomplish something meaningful, you're not really being pressed into the creative process. What he's saying is that if we're not pushing the boundaries of, of wanting to do something meaningful in the city, there'll be no need to be creative. But I believe, and I was looking last night and the day before, just of, of all the list of Christian artists in the world who've gone kind of before us in the Renaissance, Christian scientists, Christian businessmen, and they've literally changed the world. And I think that's, that's, that's part of our future as a church. I want to see music and architecture and, and art and this incredible culture-making stuff come out of this city lights that affects the city. And I, it's, just, it's not by chance that we do have Martin Anna with us, who in many ways has pioneered uh, cr- cr- Christian music, but the modern Christian music. And that's just incredible. And I feel like it's almost like a prophetic statement that on our seventh year, we're saying, God, and I'm going to speak this in faith again, that we want to see the creative explode from this place. And I believe every single person has creative in them. So those of you who love balancing accounting sheets, you're also creative. You can color them in. Okay. Uh, Exodus 35, it says, See the Lord, chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, of the tribe of praise. And he filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs in gold, silver, and bronze. He is the second person mentioned in the Bible to be filled with the Spirit. First was Joseph. God gave him ability to interpret dreams. Second was Bezalel. And he had this creative anointing. And I'm going to ask Martin and Anna later to come and just pray that over us. Because I feel God wants to release something in and from this community that is not only going to change the city, but uh, by God's grace, hopefully change the world. That leads to the next generation. When God wanted to change the earth, he chose a family. He chose a man, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, came the 12 tribes of Israel. The calling on uh, Abraham was to be a blessing to all nations. And God hasn't changed that. He has gathered a family. And I will always do church like that. I never want us to be anything else. We are, a, we are the family of God. We're on mission this is our home away from home. 
This is a place where we belong. This is where Jesus is our King. God is our Father and the Spirit is leading us. We want to... Who has kids that are anywhere between 11 and 13? Just want to raise your hand. In the next seven years, they'll be in university, most likely. Isn't that quite scary, eh, Nikki? <laughs> Very scary. I think they're going to probably follow them to university, a lot of the moms, which is amazing. But we want to build into the next generation. We want to build a, a pumping youth. We've got our, our kids. is called History Makers. After your song, Martin. <laughs> there we go. I want to be a history maker. And uh, that is a prophetic statement of over our kids that is going to go into teenagers, that is going to go into the universities. We, we, if you look at the Jewish thought, they always thought in generations. And I'm longing that once Stalin and I hand the baton over to whoever, and they hand the baton in this third or fourth generation, and may, I probably won't be alive, but I want city lights to still be going. And I want city lights to still be counting for Jesus. From generation to generation, it says this um, in, in, in Psalm 145. It says, one generation commends your works to another that tell of your mighty acts. Not only telling of God's mighty acts, but we're living out God's mighty acts. We're in the new covenant. We, we see God with unveiled faces. He's utterly perfect. And we get, to, we get to partner with God to change the earth. I'm longing for... In the years to come, we're going to look back and say, look what God did. And all he's looking for us is just saying, cool, I'll be part of that family, warts and all. Who knows when you have family gatherings, even over Christmas, you have the strange uncles, the strange aunties. You have, and it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Bruce is a little bit strange, but like we, we love him. And uh, his wife also said that. I think she did actually say that. And, um, but it's, we, we're part of this incredible family that get to change the city together. And with that comes multiplication. And I believe God is going to multiply in the next seven years. And that's multiplication. For the, Let me give you a math lesson. Is adding a zero. Okay. And maybe two. Because the, the guys who are like in finance, they look at me like, yeah, kind of. But how does multiplication happen? It happens in sowing. I believe that these past six years have been years of sowing. Seven years. Sorry, we're not. It's been, it's been times... And those of you who've walked the journey with us, there's been some tough moments, there's been some incredible moments, God has always come through, but it's been sowing, and I really believe we're going into this time where we're going to see, start to reap. And I thought we were already reaping, but I know that God is going to multiply. He's going to multiply people's lives being changed through salvation, He's going to multiply people being raised up, multiply healings, He's going to multiply maybe churches across the city and across the nations. Uh, we just saying, God, whatever you want to do, we just want to be part of it. So, uh, I just, uh, as I've, had to, I've had to go through a real radical change in the way I lead, and I wouldn't say I'm all a controlling, controlling leader, and, but my wife said maybe I was a little bit, but I, I like to be involved in everything, and it, it started to kill me. It started to just break me down, and I was like, I have to do this differently. And, I've re- and if we go read Scripture, Jesus raised up 12, who raised up others, who raised up others, who raised up others. It's about all of us carrying this multiplication together. God is speaking nations over us. He's speaking pioneering. Where's Brett Smith? Let's see how I saw him. We had a, a, like a staff day with Brett. So Brett does leadership training um, in different companies. And we said, can you come and do some training with us and get our, our staff all on the same page? And it was amazing. And I think it was about two and a half years ago. And we thought, if we could get to 300, Bruce and I were like, we're like looked at each other like, wow, that's so impossible. 
And then all of a sudden these things start happening and we're doing double meetings and it's like we've run out of space and it's just crazy. And, um, but God is doing a multiplication amongst us. And we're moving into the new space, but I know we're going to outgrow that soon. And um, can we pray together? Father, we are so grateful. You are so kind. You are so loving. We don't deserve a thing. We don't deserve anything. But yet you pour it out on us as your sons and your daughters. You pour out your grace. You pour out your anointing on us. We thank you, God. And we celebrate you. In Jesus' name. Amen.